How did Gymshark win 2020? Consumer research. They worked with a test to learn more about their audience's changing habits, then pivoted their business to meet those needs. Visit askatest.com and use fast, accurate consumer research to get ahead. It's growth without guesswork. There's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Friday. I'm Eric Dick. And today we're talking the art and science of YouTube ads with Ryan McKenzie, co-founder and CMO of Canada's second fastest growing startup, True Earth, along with Pilot House head of Google, Saul Garcia, and Pilot House lead media buyer, Jacob Geary, who's done a ton of buying on both Facebook and Google to really round out our expert stack here. Today, we're giving you a high-level preview of the in-depth workshop on scaling YouTube for e-commerce that you are invited, invited to join free next week, March 25th and 26th at 1 p.m. Uh, you can just go to, to save your seat at dtcnews.link slash YouTube, dtcnews.link slash YouTube. If you're watching this live, that landing page isn't set up yet, so don't go there just yet, um, but it'll be ready uh, ASAP. Now, Ryan is a friend of mine, and he is a, a CMO spending close to seven figures a month. Um, now, Ryan, I just wanted to ask, in your mind, as a CMO, when you're spending close to seven figures a month, where does uh, YouTube sit in your sort of ad stack? Uh, I mean, our, our big three are obviously Facebook, um, Google search, um, and then I, I actually think that YouTube's probably number two um, most of the time, um, but we are heavy in, in, in search as well as shopping, but it's, it's basically our second biggest driver. Very cool. And so what are you seeing on the, like on the whole Google suite of things? Where, where does it usually sit in, in the priority with other Google products? Um, I think it's growing uh, quite a bit, especially for brands that want to scale. Um, brands that are pushing their spend on, on, on Facebook definitely have to add a YouTube um, component to, to their marketing. Uh, I think that right now for, for brands that are using YouTube, we're, we've grown from about 5% to about 25% of the total spend on Google. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. that, what, that's what, pretty, what, what pretty aligned with us, actually, yeah. too. That, that's... Very cool. What do you say about that, Jacob? Yeah, no, for sure. Same. Even when I like, you know, looking into the Facebook stuff, any of our clients starting to run YouTube, we're seeing that holistic, you know, the gains pretty quickly. And now, now more so than ever, like the past, yeah, six months or so. Very so, cool. There's just so many, I, I just know I can speak from, from, you know, personal experience. Like I'm on YouTube a fair amount. I, I really, you know, it's, it's a big source of entertainment more so than television at this point for me. Um, and so I understand, and I, and I guess with the pandemic, the traffic there has just really spiked. One, one thing that I'm trying to understand is, do you think, do you think attention is actually cheaper on YouTube? Do you think actual, uh, like, do you think it's cheaper on YouTube than it is on Facebook video, for instance? I mean, I think it's definitely a high quality placement that, you know, it's, it's cross web. It's, there's YouTube placements on tons of websites, articles, things like that. And because it's that like trusted platform, people recognize the YouTube um, video player, I guess, you know, where the ad plays. So you compare that to something like a, a Google display ad that sometimes can get tied into sketchier websites. It can get 
Um, some of the placements are a little wonky sometimes if you're using like the dynamic ads. Um, I think there's that advantage in YouTube. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely like evolving as well in that sense. I think, and I think another thing that YouTube has that Facebook doesn't have is that most people that are on Facebook are, are I mean, from my experience are, are, are going with their sound off, right? Like I don't know how many times I've accidentally flicked my sound on for something and then popped another video open and it like screamed in my face and scared the crap out of me. But with YouTube by default, people are, are watching with sound. So you have more opportunities for like more aggressive pattern interrupts and sounds for, for, um, keeping people engaged as well as like being able to audibly say your brand. And that's just like another, you know, the more touch points people get both visually and audibly, um, the, the more familiar they get with hearing and seeing your brand or awareness as a whole. Yeah. They're kind of forced to, to view at least five seconds of your video before they consume their content. So you gotta, yeah got that chance whereas facebook you're kind of yeah like you said scrolling through sometimes it's just white noise and you have that opportunity that they might watch a two-minute video as well which is you know i imagine the lengths that people watch these videos generally are longer on on youtube than on facebook would you right do you think that's true yeah i think that the i mean i'm not looking at any stats in front of myself me right now and i haven't looked at it for a little while but i, I think the once they get past that initial drop-off period, if the video hooks you in, they have a tendency to continue watching more so than on Facebook where they might not be in consume video mode. They might be in like scroll through pictures of friends and families, kids and cats, you know, but YouTube, you know, they're there to consume video. That's true. Uh, what about CPAs then? Like how are CPAs, uh, you know, across a platform like Facebook versus a platform like uh, YouTube? Ryan, what do you on uh, on true on true earth? What like how, how do your CPAs compare across those platforms? Actually, right now, um, I would say that they're 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 like for top of funnel, they're they're fairly on point. Like um, the numbers, I would say normally YouTube, at least on a last click, uh, 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 last click, click uh, last click attribution. Sorry, tongue getting a little tied there. Uh, last click attribution. Typically, I see a little bit worse. CPAs on YouTube than on Facebook. Um, but when you, you mix in the, the view throughs and stuff like that, they, they get a lot closer, but, uh, this month they're actually, I'm finding, like, I was just looking, reviewing kind of like our hero ads, uh, before this call and they actually look pretty, pretty on point. Like there, there's not much dif differentiation. I was just going to say it's on how you count the conversions, but if we go by how Facebook counts versions and when they view through, uh, so they click now, uh, I would say that some of our YouTube campaigns do better than Facebook. If we go by direct click only, um, I would say that Facebook still outpaces YouTube right now. Maybe let's say a 2X ROAS click-through campaign on Facebook will be about a 1.1, 1.2 on YouTube for click-through only. But if we count every single conversion like Facebook does, then we're probably doing a little better. Yeah, that de definitely brings up a good point. Like YouTube, there's that holistic um, kind of benefit. And, you know, you get a ton of assisted conversions, especially in like your retargeting pool um, from YouTube. So definitely key to make sure you have your like tracking and everything, the Google environment set up correctly, because that's a huge part of YouTube just outside of the direct, you know, conversions right away. And how clear of a picture can you get? Like, I was wondering how quickly this would become a turf war here, just of, of Google and Facebook you know, pixel, <laughs> pixel battles. 
but like how clear of like can you get a really clear idea of like okay you you know like like hockey we're talking about hockey earlier assists and, and goals can you get like a clear picture of, of where youtube fits in your funnel or is it just always going to be a little bit of a mess um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say it's definitely possible to get a pretty clear idea. There's always going to be cross attribution and stuff, but YouTube is even releasing some new tools lately that um, help, you know, with those assisted conversions and outlaying, you know, by campaign, you're actually seeing three conversions for every direct conversion you're seeing. So, you know, you're getting two other ones on another platform. You can dial into that. And then if you can tie that into your like Google Analytics reports and there's definitely ways to break that out, um, but yeah. Very cool. Uh, okay, let's go back to creative a little bit because the way we sort of structured our, our event that we're doing next week uh, is day one, we're really gonna focus on, on high-end creative. And one of the, you know, I've been following Ryan for a while now, he's come on the podcast already. Um, I harass him over Messenger on the regular. Uh, and I've noticed, I've been following his ads and noticed that he made a, an investment into some really high-end hero videos. Uh, the kind where you've got a brawny guy like walking along and telling a story and random things are happening to him. And uh, and I've noticed that he's got a very, like a, a wide variety of these. So I wanted to just sort of open the floor a little bit and talk a little bit about your creative journey on, on YouTube. Uh, and maybe if you could start with like the first major hero video you attempted to make on uh, on YouTube that you did. Yeah, so yeah, 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 for sure. So, I mean, I think I think there is a misconception that people think that 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 in order for those videos <clears throat> to be successful, that they need this huge high production value and they need to be funny and and so on and so forth. And the, like, I, you know, before we ever did one of these, I actually what Eric is saying here, I, I tested this and we've got about 12, uh, 10 to 12 million views on this one video on YouTube, but I tested it with like zero humor. And, and, and honestly, like knowing what I know now, the cuts weren't fast enough. Um, there's a bunch of spots in the video that, that really suck as far as I'm concerned, but like I basically took the formula and being completely transparent here, I, I learned this formula from uh, the Harmon brothers um, taking their courses and stuff like that. It's not, it's not a big secret. Um, it's not really a far cry from pretty standard direct response type um, setups. But my, my point is, and my long-winded way of saying it here is that, you know, it doesn't have to be a big budget production in order to do it. It's more about hitting all of these points and uh, maintaining attention. So I don't know if you want me to, to you want me to rattle them off or yeah, just, like, I think to... we're going to go in depth in your presentation and you're going to, you're going to talk a little bit, give examples of, of how you did it in previous creators. But I think from a, from a high level, I think it'd be awesome just to give people kind of what that formula looks like, just so they can get their minds thinking about what it would look like. Totally. So the, the first thing is like a pattern interrupt. Um, you want, you have that, those first five seconds to catch, um, the user's attention. Great idea to drop your brand here too, because you know, you have, you're in five free seconds if they, uh, if they skip it. Um, but pattern interrupts something that's like, you know, the video that we're talking about, the original scrappy one that we put together has, there's a stop sign and you hear my voice going, stop. And it doesn't even sound like it's me because it sounds so damn good. But uh, <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, uh, pattern interrupt, something that, that draws their attention and makes them pay attention. Um, next, you're going to hit them with the solution or sorry, the problem. Uh, you want to talk about what it is that your problem or your, your, your product solves. Um, next is the solution. You're gonna, you're gonna talk about, uh, you're gonna present your product or services and talk about why it works and how it's gonna solve that problem. You're gonna follow that with a call to action. You're gonna specifically try to get the customer to click, be like, click below to, to, uh, to try our product now, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, from there, you're going to go into um, objections and building credibility. So you're going to talk about, you, I mean, you're probably fairly intimate with your product. You're going to know um, specifically, um, you know, the things that people are like, oh, well, it's too expensive. Or I mean, that's, that's pretty common, but or like, why for us, it's like, why is this better than powdered laundry detergent? That comes in a cardboard box, right? Like, like stuff like that. So um, this is also a great time to put in some like feature benefits mixed with the objections and some uh, product demo shots, as well as like building credibility and social proof, talking about how many stars your product has. Um, uh, I don't know, uh, showing pictures from Instagram, social proof, and then talking about like some risk reversal stuff. So like, uh, Try try the product free, uh, risk free, thirty day trial, blah 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 blah, and then uh, we're gonna loop back around to call to action number two, and this is usually where most people end their video. <clears throat> and the problem that I find with that is that the video, the call to actions there, the video ends, and people usually skips to the next video. The 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 last thing you should do should actually be an outro, and this is a great place to put. Um, sorry. Let me go back the call to action you should specifically ask them to click your link again click to go through and purchase because some people think that commercials are like on tv where you have to go and get it from the store and then the last thing is is the outro so i like to put like like funny funny blooper clips and stuff like that just to keep the person watching the video and you know sometimes those little clips make them like your product even more and let that hang for a few seconds so they get given giving the person an opportunity to actually click through um and that's that's that's, that's the awesome. The seven step. And you can do this, like even just Sweet, go, yeah. we'll, we'll post some of these, uh, we'll post some of these videos uh, in the, in the chat. They're actually on our landing page for the course, which you can uh, get to at d2cnews.link slash YouTube. Um, and what's cool is you can just jump on like a, an, a free account with Lumen5, you know, or any of these sort of AI video makers or something like that, where you can pull stock footage, like uh, even just your video, like literally it's, it's, it's stock footage of, uh, you know, of, of plastic bottles in the, in the, you know, the, the dump and, and things like that. And, and so, yeah, I, I think you just can't overestimate like, the, you know, how, you know, how you can go out and make these kind of videos on a, on a budget basically. Totally. Yeah. And like, I mean, we just, we, we basically went to those stock video footage sites, grabbed the, the stuff that we need to, and we we're storyboarding it. And then, you know, I went to like Walmart and like ran down the aisle trying to like videotape, uh, um, plastic jugs or like we, we just shot some, some basic scrappy stuff with iPhones for, to fill the rest in. Nice. I just want to like when you run when you create those videos, do you then try them on Facebook as well? And do they work as well? Or is this direct response kind of longer style really suited to YouTube? Dude, it's really funny because almost everybody that I talk to tells me you should run shorter video ads, you should run shorter ads, you should make a shorter version of that. And it's what's wild about it is the long version almost always kills the short version on Facebook. And it sucks because you can't get Instagram placements and, and, and whatever. But what I've noticed is the longer that you can have somebody watching these videos and paying attention, the, the, the higher, they, the more likely they are to convert. And, um, that all, all those ads that were successful on YouTube were also successful on Facebook. That's yeah. I think a key around that too, is really making that first few seconds, you know, the attention grabber, and then they're going to watch it as long as they want. And you got more time to convince them on a longer totally. video. Right. Yeah, nice. I so I'll totally do agree. Same thing with uh, with with these hero style uh, videos as well with the accounts that you run. It's actually uh, I was just gonna comment. It, I think, like like I said before we started, <clears throat> each each product is is particular to itself, and, and each product is different and what they need. I think that 
particularly in, in what we're doing in-house, we're not using a lot of that scrappy content. We're more into the Polish stuff because we had tested the scrappy stuff following the same formula. And for some reason, it, it wasn't working as well. And I think it has to do also with the consumer and what you're trying to sell. Um, like Ryan said, not everything has to be funny. If you're trying, like, I don't know, one of our brands, like the, uh, you know, diamond watches, you can't, can't really be funny with that. You're more into like, you know, showing style and luxury and, and quality type thing. Um, differentiate with other watch brands, lifestyle stuff. And then, but, but with the blanket company, you can be funny because it, it lends itself to be funny. And that demographic likes that type thing, right? It's more like family oriented, uh, dog and picket fence. So um, it works when you're funny. And in JBW, we were trying to be funny about those watches. It will be just like kind of awkward and people, it doesn't go with the brand and it doesn't go with the people you're trying to reach, which is more important than the brand, right? Totally. Um, well, yeah. And then the hero videos, uh, like what Brian said, so on the, on the or that we have a three minute video that's kind of, it got, then you, you, you got to cut it right into different sections and it works. But the three minute video when we've ran it as a YouTube ad, the three full minutes, it's beat the subsections of that same video in the 30 second edits for that particular. So like the, the, the creative is made into this long, long form three minutes and versus its own edits, it always wins. <laughs> it's self-selecting the more the longer you watch just the more indoctrinated you get every second that you spend like enjoying that video and every second that you watch it is you, you you're like you could skip it so you must be enjoying it right so it, i think it just must build that that affinity really really well yeah it's like a todd brown 40 page sales letter you know, if the person gets to the bottom of that shit, they are buying. Yeah, <laughs> they are pot committed. I think the term is. Well, I, that, I, yeah, <laughs> that brought me back to university. That <laughs> sales letter. <laughs> um, Ryan, I wanted to ask. So you, so we talked a little bit about the scrappy creative that, that you created, but more recently, you decided to like, you know, at the point, you know, that you guys are scaling. Um, that it was really worth it, worth it to invest in 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 a series of, of 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 higher end, more expensive creatives. Can you talk a little bit about that process, like how you went about finding the right person to work with this stuff on, and and how much and how you thought about the budget? Because I imagine it's a pretty penny to put down for that much high end creative. Yeah, it's it's not cheap. Um, you know, like for us, there's more to it than just the conversion side of things. Like it's it's a bit more memorable and there's a bit more like links to the to the brand side of things which i think was really important for us but um when we originally like it's funny i took the um, I, I haven't taken any courses for a long time because i realized that i should just pay people to to do the things that i don't know how to do um but i paid i paid for the Harmon brothers course uh because i i, I thought it, you know i need to get better at, at video creative and uh, i actually met um the person that wound up doing our videos inside of the Harmon Brothers community. And uh, yeah, he, he gave me kind of like, he showed me, or he had posted a video for review that was, I think for uh, Russell Brunson, one of his products. And uh, I reached out to him and I'm like, that oh, was really good, man. Like, you know, curious what, what it's like to work with you. And, and, you know, we kind of fleshed it out. It was pre COVID. And we wound up delaying it because I wasn't, even, I, you know, this was like, I was supposed to send him the first deposit. And when the world shut down, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to send somebody, the, uh, 
you know, halfway across the continent, a bunch of money. Uh, and, but, you know, so we waited, we waited a bit. And then um, in summertime of last year, we produced the first one and it, it turned out really well, but what, like, I can kind of share with you what the, the process looks like. So what we do to start out with is um, I, I usually kind of throw a couple ideas um, in his direction. Then he kind of throws a couple ideas in my direction. We flesh out like, you know, six or eight different things. And we kind of figure out which one we like the best kind of rough, rough, raw concept. And then um, he'll go back and he'll write a rough script. So kind of all the, all the, all the main like direct, direct response points, like he obviously goes through all of our reviews and we, we know what all of our kind of like objections are and kind of like the emotional triggers that make people want to purchase. And uh, he bases a lot of it on that. And then once we have a, a rough script that, that we like, um, we, we basically bring in comedians. So I think he has a couple guys that are like improv specialists. And like, that's a really easy way to get somebody to review your, your, um, your, your script, uh, get some local improv guys. Or there's people on Fiverr that'll write, like I was just looking the other day, there's like 20 people that write uh, quote unquote Harmon Brothers or funny sales letters uh, style videos. So like there it's re relatively inexpensive to have somebody just go through it and like create a bunch of jokes. And then you can kind of determine which ones you think are going to work in the end. And then from there we cast, um, he brings a bunch of different people together. They shoot, they're like, they, they read part of the script presents it to us. We choose who we want to be in the, in the script. And then, uh, they film usually there's about a day of, of live filming. And then there's a couple of weeks of editing and we, uh, we launch that's, that's the process. And how many pieces, how many pieces do you end up kind of launch or have did, over this period? Have you launched? Um, so right now we're, so the last, we launched two in January. Um, and we launched one in September, uh, and it takes about 90 days for us to turn a whole piece around. So we're starting to look at launching one every second month. So like at least, at least for the, for the near future, um, it, it is expensive, but the, like, they just work so well that for, for, and what's cool about this too, is I'm starting to extend the assets a little bit. So we'll also, you know, maybe film like a, a hero's journey or some sort of like, like that behind the scenes creative or, or, uh, like the first video with Talitha, she had a really interesting story about how she adopted her brother's kids and, and uh you know crazy struggle family of 10 and uh, she just told her story and and you know the 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 ad worked extremely well as a retarget after the first one so you know you, it, there's lots of really interesting things you can do if you do hire an, uh, an actor or an actress um and you make sure that they get the product enough that they can try before your day of shooting because you're going to pay per day for to the union or to their to their agency so if whoever's filming whether it's you or somebody else you, you can probably squeeze some other potential assets out of out of that time if you if you do so wisely nice and then how long do one of these big anchor videos last for like what's the life cycle that's the other cool thing i think about youtube i guess right that all of these videos do the, the amount of times that my my daughter makes me go watch the Geico raccoon videos of like, it's like a puppet <laughs> raccoon. She just loves watching these videos. So they, a lot of these things, and, and your creative will have a ton of rewatch value for some people, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it totally depends. Um, like our real men do laundry uh, came out the gate super duper hot in January. And like, 
it actually had, I think, a higher like viral potential. Um, but Facebook kind of got a bit screwed up in, in February and, um, you, you know, it burned out a little quicker. So I think it got to, I don't know, it's probably sitting close to 20 million views um, wow. where are things you should never mix with water. I don't know. I think it's over 40 million. I'm not, I'm not sure it lasted a little bit longer, but it also happened in September when everybody was starting to roll out their Facebook conversion API things. And like, there was a bunch of weird sketchy. There's just like, I mean, the only thing you can predict with Facebook is that something is going to screw up. But um, we spend a lot, we spend probably more than a lot of people do. Like I've talked to uh, somebody that runs a lot of the Harmon brothers ads and they typically see about a year of traction out of, out of their videos. Um, ours are still running all of them, but not like, you know, things you should never mix with water. Well, I spent a hundred thousand dollars in a day on it, uh, in September on, on face, just on Facebook. So like, you know, I didn't hit that with real men do laundry, but I'm of the mind, uh, that it's feast or famine. And when I can feast, I feast my face off, you know, <laughs> do you, uh, do you, show most of those videos on the channel as well or do you keep them unlisted and just typically keep them in ads so i, I usually yeah. test first sorry so yeah like I'll, I'll test i'll do like a testing period on facebook to see which um which creative so i usually do three hooks um for each video and then i'll test all three hooks like not not the text but the actual pattern interrupt at the beginning and i test those to see which one gets the most traction and i try to put that one on youtube mm -hmm. um and then i'll publish that to the page and usually pin it. Um, yeah. but yeah, like I, you know, I want the most effective one to be the one that's listed on our page, but yeah, For we, sure. we do, we do want to post them. Sweet. Yeah. Cause that's like another big advantage, you know, YouTube versus Facebook, you can use your posts from your Facebook page and it can get all this social engagement, but building those, you know, views and likes through an ad on your organic, like YouTube channel, like videos, those, those are showing up in the search results, like first page as well. So um, totally. you, you build that organic traffic pretty quick too. Yeah. Anything to add there, Saul? What, what are you seeing in terms of these? Cause I know we're doing some higher end creatives with, with one of our, uh, with one of our accounts right now, you're seeing about the same life cycle. Yeah, and, and the other thing, when when um, Brian mentioned testing for three different hooks, um, we we generally test uh, between five and ten different angles. Um, so of, we try to have on all our videos to have different uh, type of intro in the first five seconds, like like Ryan said. But what I was just thinking is, and, and I think I don't know, not many people touch on this, but um, we've been playing around with, you know, on, on YouTube, you get a, a 10 character um, call to action and a 15 character title on your on your videos for when you turn them into ads. And I don't think people get um, creative with those much. Everyone does a whole like, you know, buy now or shop now or click here, whatever. And we've been doing even things like surprise offer um, for an, you know, ongoing discount um, just by having surprise offer as a call to action that has raised that particular, you know, batch of videos conversion rate quite a bit. Um, That's same thing more on brand things, <laughs> like, you know, the blanket thing saying cozy up instead of, you know, buy now or shop now, we just say cozy up and click through rate. Like it just, uh, click through rates, conversion rates have gone up. Yeah. It's still a blue button, right? They know it's, <laughs> yes. that's where they click. Yeah. How many words is drop a load? You get this. 
<laughs> Drop loads of laundry, and I deserve to have oh. my background fall down. I need to get that fixed. Uh, well, that's too much, I think. That's too much. <laughs> too many characters. Just got kicked off of uh, Facebook for that comment. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Saul, back to you. While while we got you talking here, uh, while I set up my uh, my green screen again, uh, why don't you tell us a little when you take over an account? Because I think I think uh, you know, as an agency, you know, we a lot of the times although this is changing, we'll go in the door with, uh, with Facebook and Instagram. Um, but very quickly, once they meet you, once they, when they, they get a sense of, of what we can do on the Google side, uh, you know, we come on there. And I, and I want to say, you know, what, what are your first steps you take when you take over uh, a client's YouTube account? Uh, well, first we see, you know, how much, how much they're spending, obviously, how much they've been spending historically and, and how, right? Like what, what's been their main objective to spend that money, um, if, have, have they been spending you know, on, on things like reach and uh, you know that kind of like soft metric stuff or have they been trying actually you know for for direct response conversion campaigns then uh, we look at how much creative they have and, and 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 how much creative we can get uh, or if we need to support them with that um, because one of the things that we do is we, we do test a lot of creative like I said we we, we let's say we put a batch of 10 ads in there um, and we, we, we see after, let's say, you know, 100 clicks um, or, or a few days, we can, we can tell which ads are getting traction. You will usually have a few conversions on some of the ads uh, and you can pause the ones that have had enough run and you can see people are watching them. They're not like, you know, uh, getting excited by them. So um, we look into the creative, like creative capacity, how much creative they have already in there, how much creative we can, reuse um, in our first tests and then their audiences right what audiences they've been using um, if, if they have been approved for example for customer match lists those kind of things that not everyone gets um, that if you're a bigger spender or you're like a Google partner you can get um, because those help uh, you can stack audiences like you do on Facebook um, and we've seen that stacking like affinity with in-market audiences works um, good. If you have like, if you have uh, already a good SEM convert com, uh, campaign, you can go in there, you can go to analytics, you can see who's your highest converting audiences, and then you can target those again uh, on prospecting YouTube stuff. So we look at audiences, we look at what, what their original, um, you know, uh, bidding systems were, and we look at how much creative we can get and if we can get more creative um, and how fast we can get it. That, that will be the first things. Nice. Um, we're also starting to explore more like influencer strategies and whitelisting and, you know, them posting sponsored posts on YouTube creator channels. And then you taking that and using it in ads. And, um, that's interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't really heard of the whitelisting going on, on, on YouTube as a platform. That's that it's a no brainer though, for creators there. Yeah. It's not really like integrated as a tool to creator channels. As far as I know, I, they can like whitelist you set that you don't get taken down or whatever your videos, but um yeah, there's, there's basically like ways you can get sponsored posts through third-party tools and stuff like that as well. You could also just request that they grant you access to that video to, right, to promote yes. it to. I've, I've tried, I haven't actually had a lot of success with that. I've tested it once before, um, but I like, I tested it once, literally total. Yeah, it hasn't worked for all our clients either, but we have seen a couple where it's kind of like not so much them posting it, but us reusing their content has been gotcha. successful yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. 
Nice. All right. Well, we're pretty much wrapped up here for our Friday session. I wanted to ask just one last question about scaling YouTube. I know, like, what are the, you know, when it comes to Facebook, uh, you know, you're stacking audiences, you're, 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 you're getting that right creative, and then you're really trying to hit the gas. Um, I, I understand it's a fairly similar mindset with YouTube, but what are the, the, the critical mindsets for scale uh, on YouTube versus something like Facebook, Saul? Uh, I still consider YouTube like a part of the Google family. So I, I tend to be a little more cautious when I make changes. Uh, if things are going well, obviously you want to add budget to it, but um, the, the, there's bidding. So for example, on um, YouTube, there's, there's no, for example, no target ROAS objectives. You can set your campaigns for target ROAS. So you have uh, maximized conversions as one of the bidding systems, right? So if you give the system, let's say $10,000 a day, um, on max conversions, it's gonna use them. It's gonna go through them. And a lot of the time it's not gonna get you that, that number of conversions. So uh, if things are working, I, we tend to add more spend and, but we, I just do it more cautiously. I, I don't do it like one day to the other because also you get, you can see results, real results on Google from YouTube. On my experience, take at least 48 hours for you to see what really is going on. And for some of our clients, it takes 10 days. Like we still see conversions coming in 10 days later. Um, Makes sense on those long views, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I would say, I, and I use this as a cliche, but with Facebook, you can do ski jumps all the time. And I think with Google, you have to be more like a plane taking off. It's good that's metaphor. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, is that what you see, Ryan? Like, do you feel like you're getting, are you getting sort of maximum juice out of Google right now? Do you have plans in 2021 to, to, to grow the YouTube presence? Yeah, I mean, we plan on well, first of all, we plan on growing organic more as well because that you know earned media is uh, is awesome. But um, yeah, from a scaling perspective, like you know, I, I'm not the one actually running the the the, the day to day on the account. But um, same kind of thing that that Saul's mentioned is that like it's hey, can we spend more money on this this particular uh, campaign? You know, th that audience is is doing really well. And you know it's limited by limited by budget or whatever. So uh, adjusting it to you know, the bottom of of their recommendation and giving it a few days to to kind of find its legs and make sure you're not just scaling your spend and not actually scaling your 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 leads or sales. So it's I mean again I'm not that the actual implementation is not my expertise. However, I've definitely noticed that you have to have a little bit more patience um, and. There is, there's a, a seven day, like we, we find that up to seven days, we're seeing um, additional sales come through. So it's not like fa I, on Facebook, I'm just like actively pulling levers and turning up budget and, and not really concerning myself with the impact, but it definitely feels uh, like there's, there's, there's a little bit more allowing of the algorithm to uh, find its legs with the changes that you implement. And we all love to look in the iOS 14 crystal ball, which is imminent. Who knows even by the time this uh, podcast comes out here. But, you know, all, most of the attention is on Facebook, I think, uh, or most of the attention that I read, you know, D-Dang and my, my peer group, a lot of people are, are talking about the, the Facebook ecosystem. But uh, do we have any thoughts on, on, on how things might be affected in Google, how they might be affected differently or less so maybe in the Google uh, ad environment? My initial thought is like, all you can really do now is start to understand the 
again, like the whole environment of YouTube and the assisted conversions, um, how it's playing in through Google Analytics. And, you know, if some of that data does disappear when the, I guess the prompt comes out for iOS, iOS 14 users, um, you have those like benchmarks already at least. Um, but yeah, I don't, I have no idea in terms of specifics that are coming out right now for YouTube specifically. So. Cool. Yeah. Anyone else with any final words on iOS 14? Um, <laughs> right now, Google has got the uh, wait and see. Uh, they just sent an email actually about yeah. <laughs> that uh, after the wait and see one, there was a new one that said uh, you might see some conversion numbers drop, but we're doing as best as possible to keep uh, everything like tracking properly. It's not as bad as Facebook because it's not an app type thing. And mm -hmm. there's the keyword element and people have, still have to go visit a site. And it's, it's weird too, because Google just came out with that whole, like, we're not going to track people anymore. And so I, I saw that. Yeah, they're, they're moving I, to a more category, you know, more category uh, kind of specific. I, I, I don't know if just if it's just a way of saying like we're not doing it, but we're doing it. <laughs> this sounds like Google. Nice. Well, uh, I know we got to run here, so I just want to invite everyone one last time. Next week, uh, it's a free webinar. We're going to be giving away all of Ryan's amazing True Earth creative secrets all of Saul's amazing uh, campaign tips and tricks to make sure that you're not blowing your money inefficiently. Uh, it's going to be fun. They're always fun. We're, we're expecting a couple hundred people. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, hope, uh, I hope everyone gets a lot of it. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to come on today and we will see you all next week. Uh, one last time, you can go to dtcnews.link slash YouTube and sign up for free uh, for this amazing two-day webinar. Uh, with the likes of Ryan McKenzie. This is our first all Canadian, or no, we've, we've had, a, this is our first ex external person Canadian that we've had on uh, for this. So I'm, I'm very excited to represent the, the great, uh, the great white North. <laughs> my, my mustache isn't as good as Van Oaks. I'm, I'm, uh, I'll try to grow it for next week, but I don't yeah, know if you happens. could step up, this is the outro now. This is what we do now. After <laughs> you mentioned about how we do awkward outros now. So see, I who, guess, see who drops off and then you drops off. We just get that twist that mustache <laughs> oh, up. They're only like a millimeter. It hurts. <laughs> I saw him. I saw him posting his wheelie Crocs the other day on his trip. To Isn't that awesome? So I love that he has wheelie Crocs. Uh, but anyway, nice. All right, thanks, guys. Sweet. Yeah, thanks. Peace.